worship from a pure heart. So that's the title. Um, and I'll explain a little bit more about it. Um, first, I just want to um, pray. Um, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and get right into the word. Father God, in the name of Jesus, what an honor it is to be called by you, to be called yours. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the new mercies that greeted each of us when we opened our eyes this morning. Thank you for being our God. Lord, we are so honored by the fact that we get to honor you. It's a privilege to call you our God. It's a privilege to offer praises and worship unto you. You are so good to us. You're so mighty and we exalt you. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would anoint my mind afresh, that you would speak from my heart through my lips. God, I pray that it will be none of me, but all of you in Jesus mighty name. And I ask you um, to prepare every heart and mind on the line, God, to be able to receive your words in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. So I want to talk today about new life goals. As I said, pure worship from a pure heart. And I know that um, most of us on the line have been walking with the Lord for quite a while. So a lot of this will be re just reminders of things that we've read or heard. Um, but it's just always good to take inventory of our hearts. You know, it, our hearts need renewal. You know, um, David said, create in me a clean heart. Um, you know, and, and he loved God. He was a man after God's own heart. But there are times where just we have to understand in the times that we're living in um, and the conditions that we're living in and with an enemy who is so on his job to try to steal the word from us and to steal and kill and destroy. Um, we have to consider our hearts and what we're doing to maintain our hearts and guard our hearts. So I'm just going to read a few scriptures um, and then um, just give a few points and then we'll be done. Um, so I'm going to start with Psalm 24. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. Um, um, and it says, verse 3, Who may ascend unto the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him. And it goes on. So we're talking about pure worship from a pure heart. Um, those of you um, that may not know, I know some of you do. Um, I, I, I'm a singer. Um, I'm a psalmist, uh, worship leader at my church. Traveled um, with the worship ministry of Ron Cannoli for quite a few years, sang with others. Um, so worship has been something um, that I've been able to do for a long time, minister, um, facilitate activities in the presence of the Lord is one of the definitions that I learned so long ago. Um, but worship is more than just singing. Worship is more than just a portion of a worship service. Um, worship is the way that we live. It's everything that we do. It's everything that we offer to the Lord. And so um, this psalm talking about um, clean hands and a pure heart being the requirement for standing in his holy place and ascending um, to the hill of the Lord. It's talking about um, the priests, the ministers, but it, it applies to all of us um, that are seeking to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. I also want to read another scripture. This is 1 Samuel 16, English Standard Version. It says this. 
Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God is concerned about our hearts today. He's concerned about our hearts, period. In Matthew 5, New American Standard Version again says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So why is God so concerned about our hearts? One, he wants our hearts. Two, it's where he lives. Three, it's where his word is stored. Um, also, it determines how we see God and when we see God, if we'll see him. <laughs> and it's the source of our confessions. So I want to read to you Luke chapter 6, verse 43. This is the New Living Translation, um, which is a little different from those we may have heard before or be familiar with. But I like how it puts this. Verse 43, it says, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. This is the part I like. What you say flows from what is in your heart. I want to say that again. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Another scripture here. I know I'm scripture heavy, but I promise you I'm getting to some of a place where we can break all of this down and think about it. Proverbs 4, Holman Christian Study Bible says this. This again is a familiar passage, um, but this is a translation that some of us may or may not be familiar with. Verse 20, it says, my son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly and don't let your lips talk deviously. So God is concerned about our hearts because it's the source of our lives. It's the source of life, really. It's who we are. It's the source of what we'll say. And it's the source of what we'll eventually do. So it's so important that we guard our hearts. Pastor and author John Piper says it like this. The heart is what you are in the secrecy of your thought and feeling when nobody knows but God. And what you are at the invisible root matters as much to God as what you are at the visible branch. What we are in the deep, private recesses of our lives is what Jesus cares about the most. So the main indicator of what is in our hearts is what we're saying with our mouths. You know, church, we're living in a time where people are saying a lot of things. <laughs> we, we got a lot of platforms. You know, we got a lot of digital devices that enable us to talk to other people more than ever before. You know, we can say a lot of things on, you know, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and even now we have videos where you can actually not just read what people are saying, but you can hear what people are saying in real time. Periscope, Facebook Live. There's a lot of saying going on. And I'm not here to judge or to criticize what other people are saying. Today, I just want to reflect on it. And um, I want to provoke all of us to take a self-inventory of our hearts. Are we caring for our hearts? Are we guarding our hearts? Um, th this, this, this place that God knows so very intimately, 
are we guarding our hearts are we are we hiding the word in our hearts and are we taking our temperature if i can say it like that by monitoring what we're saying so what are you saying what's coming from your heart so these are a few questions that we can ask ourselves what are we saying to god are we saying anything are we praying is our prayer life what it it it's been what it what it could be you know are we communicating with god and are we you know, are we speaking with him communing with him truly from the heart um, at our church right now pastor Dwayne has been preaching through the book of malachi and a, a few of the verses um kind of stuck with me as i prepared for um speaking with you all today um in malachi 3 verse 13 it says your words have been arrogant against me and i said oh my goodness how can it you know he was talking to these people um, that for generations, his own people that had not been listening to him and doing what he has said through all these prophets. And then he says, your words have been arrogant against me. And that just kind of evoked fear in me. Like how, how could they be arrogant toward God? How, you know, how is that possible? But then I thought about it. Oh, it's very easy. It's very easy to tell God what he's going to do. It's very easy to uh, sometimes overlook the word if we're not careful and start talking about our agenda and our desires instead of allowing the Lord to give those desires to us. It's not like an arrogance of we, we may actually be trying to tell the Lord um, who we are and what he's going to do for us, although there are people who may have done that in the past. But it's more it's more about an attitude of the heart, you know, um, because in this next verse, the people say, well, what have we spoken against you? You know, so maybe they weren't even aware. And then he says in verse 14, you have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge that we have walked before the morning before the Lord of hosts? And it goes on. Um, so just in our time of self-assessment, you know, what have we been saying to God that maybe that maybe he would understand it to be arrogance? You know, have we been humble before him? Um, this is something, you know, that, that I've been caused to think about just from going through Malachi. Um, but here's another scripture that I know most of us know more familiarly. It's Isaiah 29, verse 13. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. So God is looking for worship from the heart. It's possible to say one thing and do another. So what are we saying to God? And is it really coming from our hearts? Another checkpoint. What are we saying to ourselves? So what are we saying to ourselves? What do you say to yourself? Are you encouraging yourself out of the abundance of a grateful heart, full of faith, full of God's word? Or are we operating in doubt and fear? Just a question. You know, what are we saying to ourselves? In these times where all kinds of things are happening, are we quick to get fearful and complain or be afraid? Or are we encouraging ourselves because of what is in our hearts? Another checkpoint, what are we saying to others? What are we saying to our brothers and sisters? What are we saying to our friends? What are we saying to our enemies? Our words are locating our hearts. The people that we talk to every day, is it clear what's in our hearts? Are we saying things that are contrary to what we believe and what we know to be right? 
um, in the context of worship, Matthew 5 has always been something that I've, I've considered and, um, and really kept in my heart. Verse 23 says, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift and then go and get it right with your brother. And I'm paraphrasing that. Um, but it's just so, it is so important for all of us to be saying the right things to each other, to be dealing with each other in the right way in light of our, um, the way that we deal with the Lord. You know, we can't be worshiping God and then not speaking to our brothers and sisters because we're angry or, or, or saying the wrong things or not encouraging them and lifting them up. So what are we saying to others? Um, and then this is the one that I, that I love. <laughs> I mean, all of them are, are, are good places to start as we reflect and think about how our words are a reflection of what's in our hearts. But what are you saying to your mountain? In my opinion, there are only three things that we can say. I mean, of course, there are lots of different words we can use, but they basically all come in three categories. We can either be telling the mountain to move, we can be telling the mountain to stay, or we can be saying nothing. So what are we saying? What are we saying to God? What are we saying to um, ourselves, to each other, and to the obstacles that we face? Is the word of God and that's hidden in our hearts coming forth? You know, what we're saying to our mountain is one of the truest indicators of the level of faith and trust we have in God and his word. So church, we got to start speaking some things. We got to start speaking the right things. And it's not as hard as we think. It's as simple as simply guarding our hearts, putting the right things there. So the indicators of a pure heart. So if we want to worship God in spirit and in truth, if we want to worship God and come before him with the clean hands and the pure hearts that he requires, um, these are the, some of the things that we can keep in mind that indicate that our heart is in a pretty good condition. Um, a pure heart is clean. According to Psalm 51, one of my favorite scriptures, um, David said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Um, and this is, let's see. This is verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew the right spirit within me. So, you know, it's inevitable that things are going to come and try to um, make our hearts dirty, <laughs> make us um, do the opposite of what we know to do and guarding our heart and filling it with God's word, hiding God's word, treasuring God's word in it. But God is so faithful to us because he can clean us up every time. All we have to do is ask. Um, so a pure heart is clean, not because of anything we've done, but because God is so good and faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us. And, and he'll do that for us. A pure heart treasures, hides, and stores up God's word. So once God is, is finished cleaning that heart up, doing that maintenance for us that we can't do, then we do the part that we can do. And we treasure God's word. We hide his word in our heart. We feed ourselves with his word. Um, Proverbs 4, um, which we read earlier, um, if I, we can go back there, um, Proverbs 4 says um, that to pay attention to the words of, of, um, of the words of, of, the, of the Lord, really, is what verse 20 is talking about. But verse 21 says this, don't lose sight of them, keep them within your heart. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. The word is good for us. It's good for us and it's good for, it, 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 
it just creates this atmosphere in our heart full of faith, full of love, and really full of healing for ourselves and for others. Because if we're speaking out of the abundance of our heart and that healing is coming out of our mouths, it's helping, it's helping to heal us. It's helping to heal others. And the word of God does that. Um, so Psalm 19, one, oh, excuse me. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So making the heart a storehouse of God's word um, and a place where God's word is treasured, um, that, that's a pure heart. Another um, indicator of a pure heart, a pure heart um, loves like Christ. You know, and I want to spend a little bit of time talking about this. You know, there are a lot of things going on now in the world. And I want to encourage us as Christians to love like Christ. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter um, there is um, a verse in there and the message puts it like this, you know, love puts up with anything. Trust God always, never, um, um, excuse me, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. I want to read that again. Love puts up with anything. Trust God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. So a pure heart loves like Christ. Um, with everything going on in this world and society, I know that there's a lot going on, but the remnant of us that those are who uh, the, those of us who are in the faith, we have to protect. We have to guard against being too judgmental or too critical because we have to have something for people to come back to when they come back to themselves. You know, you're thinking about the prodigal son. Um, you know that father. When that son came back from the pigsty, that father um, had a feast. So, I mean, there are a lot of Christians who are out here in this society and they're getting duped. You know, they're, they're, they're being deceived. But loving kindness draws. And, and I believe they're not going to always stay there. I know you know that. I know I have some believers on the line too. People who have gone awry, who have strayed away, they're not going to always stay away. And we got to have something for them to come back to. So let's guard our hearts. Let's purify our hearts so that when they come back, we have something to give them. You know, that father had a feast ready. He had the fixings ready for, um, for the prodigal who returned home. I'm saying guard your heart. Keep loving no matter what and have enough love for those people who return to the Lord. I, I got this and I believe it's a word for everybody on this line. I don't know what people are going through or what you're facing or what loved ones have strayed away, what church members have left, what friends have left you, but everybody is not going to, to stay where they are. They're going to come back and let's have enough love. Let's take care of our hearts. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's love God enough. Let's worship God in spirit and in truth so that we have a storehouse to give to them. And there's no bitterness. There's no, you know, there's no talk of the past or what was, but they can go forward and we can walk them through their repentance and their new life. Amen. Amen. Because it's possible to have a good heart without having a pure heart. You know, we don't want to be like those who say one thing and do another. And I'm not saying we're not justified in being upset or being, um, you know, or being disheartened by the way that things have turned out or what have happened to other loved ones and things like that. But we, we got we to gotta see them and love them through the eyes of Christ and with the love of Christ. So a pure heart, I'm moving on, a pure heart gives. A pure heart gives, not grudgingly. 
not out of obligation, but as the outflow of undeniable love. So we're talking about loving like Christ. So I'm a heart that gives responds to God's love too, by giving. And those are tangible gifts. You know, I'm of the opinion, because that's what I taught. I tell y'all, I traveled with, with Ron Cannoli, and he would say this often. No worship experience is complete without a financial offering. That is biblical honor. So a pure heart gives. A pure heart gives to the local church. A pure heart gives to, you know, you, you give. And then it may not necessarily always be money that you give um, in, out of the context of, of what is required in a local church. But it, it's, it's your time. It's, it, it's you just always wanting to give. That's a pure heart. That's the posture of a pure heart. Um, a pure heart forgives. Offense can't stick to a pure heart. You know, we get hurt. Things happen. Um, but when a pure heart is, is wounded, it's too full of the word not to snap back. Have y'all heard that saying before? I, I hear it a lot um, now with um, young moms. You know, they have babies. And then after they have the baby, they say they're going to snap back. You know, they're going to get their figure back. Um, well, a pure heart snaps back. See, because it's inevitable that hurt is going to come. It's inevitable that things are going to happen to stretch your heart or to injure it. But a pure heart snaps back quickly because it's resilient. It's been strengthened by the word of God. Um, you know, if you find that, um, that, that, that the enemy is, is constantly attacking you through other people um, and try, you know, trying to get you discouraged or hurt or upset about things, that is a clear indicator to start storing up more word. Pull on that word that's in your heart. Put more word there. Stay in your word because a pure heart snaps back. You don't have to worry about when those things come, those darts, those fiery darts, all the things that try to attack you and keep you from loving right, from loving people right, and from loving God right. It's as simple as storing, treasuring God's word in your heart, and your heart will overcome every time. A pure heart knows what to pray. Now, this is a prayer line. Y'all are praying people. So... Uh, we're called to always pray. All people are called, all people of God are called to always pray. But I know that, you know, not everybody in the church takes their prayer life as seriously as you do. Um, prayer without ceasing is labor intensive. And it's difficult when you have an insufficiency of God's word. I'm going to say that again. Prayer without ceasing, and that's what God has called us to, is labor intensive, meaning it's a lot of work. And it's difficult. When we don't have enough of God's word in us. A pure heart knows what to pray because it's full of the word. Amen. And last but not least, a pure heart belongs to God. A pure heart is God. That's where God lives. That's where he resides. It belongs to God. It's not, it's not divided. It's not serving one and not and, and not serving the other because we know that's impossible. You can't serve two masters, right? A pure heart is totally God's. We can trust him. We can trust him with our hearts. We can trust him to be the object of our affection. We can trust him to lead us in the way that we should go. And it starts with a pure heart full of God's word. So if we want a heart of worship, it's as simple as getting a pure heart, getting a clean heart and the right spirit within us according to Psalm 51 and 10. Let God purify you. It's a constant thing in this walk with Christ. 
We never get to a place, you know, our, our car, I'm, I'm excuse me, like, yeah, our cars, our cars get dirty, right? We take them to the car wash and we'll take the hose if we have one and we'll wash it ourselves. Our houses get dirty, right? It's just a matter of use. Anything that you use all the time is going to have signs of usage. And I'm telling you, in this walk, we love hard. We love God hard. We love people hard. And, you know, as a, after a matter of time, it's not about sin. It's not about being sinful. It's not about you're doing anything wrong, but it's just a matter of maintenance. We got to take care of our hearts. We got to take care of our hearts. For as much as you pour out, you got to make sure that much more is pouring back in to keep your heart resilient, to keep your heart clean, to keep your heart pure. Allow God to wash your heart with the water of his word. A heart overflowing with God's word and love will be evidence in our speech and our conduct. You know, when you find you, you know, snapping at people a little bit, you know, more than usual or saying things that you wouldn't ought to say, it's time for a heart inventory. It's time to get to a place of consecration. It's time to ask God, create in me a clean heart, oh God. That's the time that it is. And there's no shame in it. It just happens because we use our hearts so much. You don't have to worry so much about saying or doing the right things as much as just guarding and protecting our hearts. For out of the abundance of the treasure you store up in your heart, your mouth can't help but to speak the right things. And that's all that I have for you today, saints. God bless you. Be encouraged. Um, I did any questions, any feedback, anything else you have for me, I'm right here. But I know we're getting close on time, so I'm going to turn it back to um, Evangelist Deborah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes. Mm-hmm. 